Hey now, welcome back to Season 3 of the podcast and Chapter 14 of the reading of Once Upon a Rhyme. Quick reset, uh, Detay and Oski are about to meet uh, after basketball practice for a little friendly powwow. Chapter 14, The Three Bones. A resolute team chant concluded practice and commenced the coach's powwow. Players think coaches talk too much during huddles and team meetings, but those are minor league compared to coaches swapping stories and laughs afterward. Coaches' mouths are their last remaining athletic muscle, and since they will always crave competition, their objective becomes telling the funniest or most entertaining story, no matter how many times it's been repeated or how long it takes. Turbo was a quick study of the coaching species in his two years as Oski's son. Turbo grabbed a quick hug from his father and ran as the pack of coaches took shape, their social formation confirming at least another hour of gym time. Some days he would respond with a well-placed groan or innocent insult to his two favorite old men, but today Turbo consoled himself by letting the pretty cheerleaders pinch his cheeks. Oski would not try to win coach's story time this particular day. He offered a few counterpunches of conversation for courtesy, but mostly bobbed and weaved on the edges while waiting for the herd to thin out. He had a deeper discussion with Detay on his mind. The pals needed to cover the new ground on Boo, and, after Oski's thoughts had spiraled downward while sitting around, perhaps rehash more aged territory on life. Oski knew the combined triggers creeping in on his psyche, the uncertain emotions on Ellie today, and the most certain emotions on Annie's birthday tomorrow. It would mark the 25th year since his mother's death, and though Oski refused to let any of his mourning ever metastasize to others, he also knew he needed a quick hand with the heaviness to keep from crashing. Like spotting lifts in a weight room, emotional spotting is an art among men. It must be just enough to complement strength, yet not too much to connote weakness. It had to be a familiar friend, and for Oski, that meant D. Honestly, don't know how you do it, sir. Oski had long wondered the source of D-Tay's limitless zeal for coaching, a zest reinforced by what Oski had just seen over the last 30 minutes. Today, though, as they nested near the scores table as the only two coaches left in the gym, Oski's curiosity carried over to D-Tay's appetite for life as well. Oski understood that Detay got his coaching chops from Hollis, immersing himself in the flurry of Hollis's sayings and sermons, most of which D still used on his new generation of players. But it was more than just repeated rhetoric. Somehow Hollis's influence had infected his soul. Gone was the pained and stoic you-can't-catch-me kid Hollis had found, morphed into the sweaty, satisfied man sitting there, flourishing in his perfect fit as a coach. So Oski's question wasn't directed at how D had forged his path, but more on how he kept his compass directed north and going forward. Championship tomorrow night, my man. Motivation is easy this time of year. Dite shrugged off the question with the obvious, but he knew Oski's voice meant more, and Oski knew Dite knew it. Dite just wanted to push Oski to ask more directly. Aren't you tired? Do you ever get tired, D? Oski kept chipping away, still fighting internally against burdening his friend with emotional baggage. His intended questions were more about happiness than fatigue, 
as in how do you stay so happy or in more cynical terms how do you stay so hypnotized in the face of facts against you evidence that all your teaching and leadership fail to protect kids from their fates how do you dive in daily and give a damn anyway you know what makes me tick oski you really want me to spell it out for you again Dite took the wheel and turned the talk more directly. My passion is meeting needs, he explained. Finding or creating the family that I've lost over my life. Family isn't just biological. It's the people just like you. Those who need you. Your true peeps. It's you. It's Mary Beth. It's the kids I teach. I feel the gift of the help I give to them. And I can feel the gift of family in return. Fills holes both ways. Oski respected and envied the concise, simple explanation, even though he still had questions. He suddenly felt 18 again, asking for fatherly advice, or maybe 12, ashamedly asking for a teacher's help with an easy concept. But how are you so certain? How can I not be certain? D snapped back. I saw it firsthand. I lived it. It's not some blind faith. It's who I am. Dite wasn't flashing frustration at the question, but flashing through memories of his years in foster care, the lost connection with his siblings, his all but non-existent parents. Hollis's initial coaching lessons, followed by his letters, text, and mentorship, got him through all that, then through college to his career. I'm grateful for my opportunity, Oski, and I will pay Hollis's help forward, not out of duty, but because it's right. And it's fun, man. Dite turned the volume down a little. Look, I learn from the best, just like you. I find a need and fill it. That's purpose. And when there's a need that happens to require what I'm good at, when I can actually feel Hollis's lessons being passed on and put to use, that purpose melds into passion. It becomes your voice in this world. It really is that simple. Don't overthink it. Oski felt a little scolded, but not enough to sound a full retreat. I got a grip on gratitude, D. You know I loved him, too. He paused and winced, trying to be sure before going further. I just don't always have a handle on the needs I'm supposed to feel, or if my work or life feels any at all. It feels just a charade some days. A charade we just act out until the grave. And that, as Oski had suspected launched Dite into a sermon of his own. Dude, it really is all about the three bones. Wishbone, backbone, funny bone. I know it is fourth grade level stuff from Hollis, but it's still true. It works. All three are connected, but you're only firing on two out of three. You are the hardest of workers at everything, and you know how to have fun, even if sarcastic or ironic while unhappy, man. You're hilarious. But your wishbone is flat out weak. Passion and vision, the stuff of wishes, requires you to feel. You can't think your way to it. You have to allow yourself to feel passion. It's not an intellectual endeavor. You gotta let your heart out, man. Oski sighed, now feeling not a little scolded, but a little stupid. Dite had restated Hollis's most preferred proverb, one Oski had heard his whole life, including one of the first limericks he had stopped on when first skimming through the book. Journal, page 51. Need three bones to stay on top, 
to make use of life's tide. Wishbone, backbone, and funny bone help you keep your stride. Want what you get. Think, laugh, and sweat. Have a vision, work hard at it, and enjoy the ride. Detail out Oski his sigh, but was going to let him have it anyway. Show me a man without a strong wishbone, and I'll see a man who refuses to let himself truly want something or believe in it. He refuses to put his whole heart and faith into something and invest himself to really go after it. That, if I'm forced to pick, is you, my man. And I get it. You've lost a lot. But all the hard work and kindness in the world will lack luster until you shine your heart on it. I've seen your heart, and it's phenomenal when on blast. But right now, you're me 20 or 30 years ago, staying detached. Courteous indifference, I call it. That way, no one can catch you. I've been there. There's pride in that. But you know what I learned? The guy who can't be caught also cannot catch any joy or anyone for himself either. And all pride and no joy is a dead end. I learned it the hard way. Detay paused some for effect, but also perhaps some for mercy. This was his friend, after all, who had slumped against the scorer's table while listening, who had become the tin man. Try not to sweat it, okay? We all have questions from time to time. I know even Hollis struggled to keep the faith some. But his basic premise was right. And I can tell you from experience on both sides, feeling is the same as thinking in that it's a habit. But it's also the exact opposite in that too much thinking can smother the ability to feel. That's why people meditate, I think. You got to get your mind out of your heart and you'll feel your passion. You'll find your needs to fill. Ever the good coach, Detay ended the lesson on an uptick, offering the sweetness of hope to the bitterness of the pill. The right approach is always, yes, we have a weakness, but if we can do this or that, we can fix it. A few seconds of silence ensued, both men staring off at Turbo on the side goal, following the sound of the bouncing ball, and both were thinking, please, one for please forgive my weakness, and the other for please forgive any harshness, followed by thank you, both as in thank you for our friendship. Much like Dite's speech, both men got this silent message too. So, speaking of needs, Oski smiled wryly and segued them back from macro to micro to the real reason he had come to the gym. I need to know if you want to go see Boo again this week. Ellie stopped by today and needs to reserve a time for us. I'd like to go together and we'll try to roll with any time you choose, but I told Ellie Saturday morning is best for me. Oski anticipated a quick yes, but raised an eyebrow as Dite pulled out his phone to start a text. You checking schedules with Mary Beth? Not at all, my man, Dee exclaimed. I'm texting Boo to tell him we'll be up there this weekend. Dee explained that he had shipped Boo a burner phone through Ellie and had been texting with him, just like Hollis had done for Dee. That was a much easier question. Seeing Boo is good stuff for us all around. You should have led with that. Dee had finally fully shifted from coach to comedian. This was a post-practice coaches session, after all. And speaking of good stuff, let me get this straight. You're telling me that Ellie just bebopped in unannounced to talk to you about Boo, to give you a message from me. 
and I'm right here, just up the street, the same place she came to pick up that phone for Boo. I'm no lawyer, my good fellow, but even I could cross-examine that. Oski now slithered a step or two from the scores table, but D still had him in his sights. If I was a prosecutor, I could surmise her motive and conclude she was making an opportunity. The guess question is, are you going to conspire with her to commit the crime? Dita cackled, amusing himself with this visual. My dad doesn't do crime. He punishes it. Turbo interrupted, unaware of his perfect timing. In his world, his boyhood hunger had finally usurped his crush on the cheerleaders. No matter the reason, Oski put his arm around Turbo as a much-needed escape from Dee's interrogation. See, Dita, at least someone has his mind right. Oski and Turbo trekked toward the gym door, but Dee wouldn't be deterred, even turning Turbo's comment into a prop to drive home his point. Oh yeah, I see it. That little joker is more right than he will ever know. Punishment instead of participation, eh? Think about those words a second. Dite put his hand on Oski's back and followed him out. One of us could twist that phrase to cover much more than work. Maybe try it on some personal matters? Go on, I dare you. That phrase is not just about crime. That's a personal motto around here, don't you think? Unless, ahem, that is, you actually plan to ask her out. Oski knew what Dite meant, knew he was right, and even knew he was funny. But he knew most of all to keep walking, not to respond, not to either reaffirm or retaliate, both of which would only poke the humorous D-Bear further. He was on a roll. Hey, man. Dite squeezed Oski's shoulder to stop him at the door after Turbo had walked on through. You know I'm playing on Ellie, right? But you really need to take your heart out for a spin. I meant all that. And if she makes your heart spin a little, then I say take her out too. And there it was, the perfect summation for dessert after the whole spiel that was the meal. Dee had really evolved his coaching skills and even added the cherry on top, like that perfect steal and dunk that so often caps off a close basketball game. You don't need it to win, but it is exactly what the fans want and need to go home extra happy, extra whole. Let me remind you, my friend, that you were nicknamed for smiling all the time. You remember that? I just think you lost it somewhere, or maybe let the world take it. How about you find that guy again for both of us? All right, that's a wrap on Chapter 14. Got to cover one of the greatest Life lessons I ever picked up from any coach regarding the three bones needed for life came from Coach Walker in the seventh grade. Uh, Coach Walker, to whom the book is dedicated in part. We'll pick it up there next time with Chapter 15. Talk to you soon.